0: Hi, I'm Courtney. And I'm Patrick. And this is our true crime podcast.
1: Evil Pudding.
0: We are a husband and wife duo.
1: I'm ex-military and law enforcement.
0: And I'm a true crime professional fanatic.
1: And we will together (laughs) will cover the most (laughs) depraved and most shocking offenders and events that you probably have ever heard of. That's right. Only the most evil are covered here. So join us once a week.
0: As we serve up some Evil Pudding. and Freakies. Welcome back to the In the Nick of Crime podcast. We are a weekly true crime podcast, but we like to do some spooky stuff.
1: Some funny stuff. Yeah. This week's a little different though. This week is different. We're coming to you guys with a a very different uh, style of episode than we would normally do. Yeah.
0: So this is a true crime case. Mm -hmm. However, it's a story. It is. So we were contacted by a man named Tracy Daly. He is from the UK. And he actually invited us to tell his story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's a very sad and a very tragic story.
1: It's a very emotional story as well. Yes. It's very. It will drain you if you're not careful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So
0: we just advise, take caution while listening to this one. This one does have various triggers. It does... Talk about child abuse, violence against women, alcoholism, you know, trauma. It does talk about murder as well. So this one kind of runs
1: the whole gamut. It really does.
0: It touches on pretty much everything. Right. True crime. Right. But Tracy really does want the story to get out, and we totally get it. We want to oh, tell absolutely. it. We want to do it justice. So we
1: definitely took a lot of time yeah it's taking us a little one. bit of time to get yeah. this out but we really just wanted to make sure that we we one did it justice but two mm-hmm. also did it differently because we do have other podcasts that we are friends with who have done his story yep exactly and uh we just wanted to come at it with a different approach so that yeah. we weren't Copying. Yeah, exactly. Because we feel like all of us are kind of putting our own spins on
0: it, too. So Mm -hmm. we definitely wanted to do that. So, Cola City Crime covered this as well. They did a wonderful episode on it. We'll link the actual episode in the show notes. Obviously, go and listen to them, too. They're great. Yes. And then also our friends at Evil Pudding, whose trailer you heard at the beginning of the episode, also covered it as well. Yes. And. They, they did blew it out of the water. They did. And okay. they also did an interview with Tracy as a second part, a follow-up to it. I believe it was three episodes after the original one. I think so. Yeah. So we'll link both of those episodes, the main episode and the Q&A with Tracy, in our show notes for them, too. So Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely listen to those ones as well. Um, Tracy has written a book about this story. We'll link that as well. Two books, actually. Yes. Um, so... We'll link those in the show notes as well on it. He also has a
1: podcast. He does. Yeah. It's actually a very good podcast. Is, he tells yeah. other people's stories as well as his own. And I mm-hmm. think it's very fun to listen to. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll also link that too. So plenty of resources to go
0: after. So please, please, please go and read Tracy's books. His, yeah, his stories need to be told. He has been through some shit. Yeah, But he has persevered. I give
1: him mad props because I don't I don't think I would be as good of a person if I had gone through everything that he's gone through. Yeah. He is an
0: incredibly strong person who has coped and really come to grips with everything far better than I ever could have. Yeah. And it's admirable to say the absolute least. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, he's just an incredible person. He's very sweet, very humble. Oh, so sweet. Yeah, and he just wants to get this story out however he can, and it's been a challenge for him, too. Um, we did want to note that the names in the story are all changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are... It's a story, but it's true. It's so. a
1: true story, but names are changed for purposes of keeping other people... Safe. Safe, yes. So. Absolutely. So...
0: We're just going to get into it. Let's so into like it. I said, this one's going to be a little bit different. Today yeah. we're not going to do our weekly fuckery. We're not going to do our normal, you know, stuff that we normally do. So we're really here to tell his story. I
1: love it. Let's and get into it. Yeah.
0: We hope you guys enjoy this one and really connect with it like we did. Yep. This one <laughs> I know Courtney especially, but like we feel this one in our souls at this point. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, and just thank you, Tracy, so much for allowing us and entrusting us with this, truly, and we hope that
1: we do do it justice. Yeah,
0: I know we've said that like five times at this point, but truly, that's... (laughs) (laughs) That's been our biggest thing with this one. So, we're gonna jump right in, friends. Let's do it. So, our story begins September 7th of 1982, and this was when Tracy Daly was born. He was born in England, in the United Kingdom, like we had said. And he was born at Macclesfield General Hospital to his mother Bernadette and his father Wenzel. Bernadette was known as Bernie by those closest to her and who loved her most. And her family originated from Manchester. They eventually landed in Macclesfield, Cheshire. Macclesfield is noted as a wonderfully scenic town. It's well known for its canal and its beautiful homes. And it also is known historically for silk production.
1: Which I didn't know that, didn't by the either. way. I didn't Very interesting. I was
0: like, what? <laughs> I'm like, of all the textiles, silk specifically. Silk is I the one. It. All right, let's go with
1: it. <laughs> yep.
0: Bernie, unfortunately, though, suffered from agoraphobia, from what Tracy recalls. So that's actually going to come into play quite a few times throughout this story. So just remember that for anyone who doesn't know, agoraphobia is essentially the fear of leaving your house. You don't want to go outside. You're afraid of the unknown, of what awaits you outside of your home.
1: I was actually going to ask you what that means. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was
0: like, I actually don't know what that means. Yep. It's a fear of leaving your house to the fear of the outside and it's absolutely debilitating. Oof, I feel like a lot of people have that now because of COVID. Yeah, actually it has definitely become more common. Oof. Yeah. So Wenzel, Tracy's father was a shop worker and his parents hailed originally from Austria Wenzel often worked in local farms and shops as Tracy remembered. He didn't have the time to visit him at his grandparents' house. so some backstory. Tracy actually lived with his grandparents.
1: Yeah We'll kind of we'll get see into why, it a little bit
0: more. Yeah, so Tracy lived with his grandparents. He did not live with his mother and father at this time when our story starts. Mm-hmm. Um, like I mentioned, Wenzel didn't really have time to visit him and his grandparents' house due to the long hours of work that he had as he claimed, but I think some other stuff. I think all other things played a
1: little bit of a role in that.
0: Yeah. So Tracy was the first of four children to be born to Bernie and Wenzel, and he has two younger sisters and a younger brother. Some of Tracy's fondest memories of growing up in Macclesfield were the times that he would spend with his grandmother, Pat. She was Bernie's mother. And there was the famous 108 Steps of Field, and his grandmother and grandfather Alan would go around and sing Christmas songs while walking through the town, and they would try to keep an eye out for the cobbler's shop that was in the town, and I guess it had a mechanical figure that displayed um, what should be a man hammering nails into a shoe.
1: Oh, that makes me, like, totally think of Pinocchio. Like- <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of got the same thing from where I thought kind of the same.
0: And I can just picture it. Like, Tracy, seriously, I'm paraphrasing his words, so I want to be clear on that. Um, we actually should have mentioned this before, but I'm going to be kind of paraphrasing the story that Tracy told us, and Courtney's actually going to be reading some excerpts from yeah the stories from the books that he has. So, I'm paraphrasing, but his words are beautiful. So. Oh, they're amazing. Yes. He is such an eloquent writer. (laughs) Very talented at it. Yeah. And I feel like that was kind of intimidating when we started with this story. Like, how in the world can we make this sound just as good? Um, So the story, unfortunately, is not one of happy memories like these ones. Well, there will be some happy memories that come into play, but they are unfortunately few and far between. Right. And it's not one of the beauty that lied in Macclesfield. In this story, we will share with permissions some extracts from Tracy's first book. That's titled Tracy's Story. Again, like I said, we will make sure to link that in the show notes. The book is available on Amazon for digital reading or in paperback. And you can also find it on Tracy's website, which is mrtracydaily.wordpress.com.
1: We will also link that in the show notes. Perfect. So I'm going to go into a little bit of Tracy's own words and some of the extra excerpts, if I could speak, that'd be great, Uh, of kind of his stories. My mother stood next to an old table, drinking a glass of water and looking out over the pond outside in the back garden. I can remember the water was more green than clear from previous trips out there amongst the trees. I must have been no older than six and I knew nobody was out there. She looked relaxed. Her thin, tall frame silhouetted against the cool autumn morning showing through from the glass doorway, my earliest memory, brown flowing hair down her opal-shaped face, bouncing the sun's rays into the arc through the kitchen and warming the dark wooden table, which was brown like her eyes. Which, oh my god, guys, that was the most gorgeous way to say that and just puts a picture
0: in my head. Exactly. And this is really why we're kind of going back and forth with it because I don't want to listen... Tracy's words. And yeah,
1: I could never write anything like that. I mean, that is the most beautiful (laughs) imagery and I literally can imagine it as I'm reading it. Exactly. And that's just such a beautiful picture of what his
0: mother was to him. Yes.
1: Yeah. I love it it so much. Oh, Okay. Uh, Wenzel was my father's name. He bought me a toy tractor. It was red and had buttons on the back, which were black. There was four, which made the vehicle go forwards, backwards, and lift it up or down the dipper. He also bought a robot and turned it into a monster, which I want to know how he did this. Right. (laughs) Because that's awesome. Right. Um, I was terrified of it, and he loved to chase me with it, which is truly sad. Like, why would you terrify your child like that? And, yeah. I don't like it. Again, there is,
0: the way this story is. So much is foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It
1: just it gives yeah. you an idea of what we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "I recall this vividly. He placed me on the sofa and the robot beneath the cushions, and then soothed me by talking softly and leaning forwards. He would stroke my neck until I was calm, and then he would slide his hand down the sofa and press the button to make the monster appear from within the robot." I'd freak out again and again. He loved this game so much, it got to the point if he placed his hands out of sight, I was scared of what might happen. Poor baby. Who in their right mind does that to a child? Exactly, and it's just like knowing that
0: you're instilling this level of torture, like you're just keeping them in your pocket to scare them at any point, no matter what. And that means that it seriously had to just been
1: over and over and over again. It's that he just truly had traumata- traumatizing, like it is. he's creating a PTSD for a child yeah. who's not even in the double digits yet. Exactly. Yeah, he was way too young to Ugh. have to deal with this already. That's awful. He lived to taunt people. He tried often to get my mother, Bernie, on his side. She wasn't amused, but this simply gave him another avenue to exert his authority. Shut up, woman. I'm only playing. Have a little fun with your life life for god's sake he snapped throwing her a filthy look with which lingered several seconds longer than it should have although the appearance was of snapping he was in control he was always in control remember that yeah he was always always in control oof You see, Wenzel always had a way with people, whether it was the people he worked with who thought he was amazing, the friends he had who claimed he was the nicest person you could ever meet, or the ladies down the road that people didn't mention often, but were always shrouded in gossip and rumor. They'd say he was such a gentleman, but they'd say it was in such a way that you'd think that there was more to the story. And that's because there was. Wenzel was very much the ladies' man, which disgusting Mm -hmm. but yeah whatever i guess right we're just oh i'm so angry this scene so well of what a shitbag his dad is he's He's just terrible um bernie as everyone called her had started to show signs of depression less talking and generally not wanting to go out of the house it began shortly after tracy was born as she was always known as the happy-go-lucky girl before then her husband, Wenzel, had actually met her while she was babysitting. She'd taken a child down to the local park, and Wenzel knew right then he'd have a part of her bubbly personality. She was always laughing and dancing.
0: So here we are at the beginning of this story, and already we've seen that he has made Bernadette a shell of her former self.
1: Oh, yeah, he's already throwing his narcissistic toxicity out there and basically grooming her to be what he wants her to be. Yeah, he's
0: seriously, like, molding her
1: into what he
0: wants, and you'll see how he does that, but it's just...
1: It's gross. Yeah, Like, that's the best I can get.
0: Yeah, and just try to think of that as we tell this story of, you know, Tracy recalling that... As he was told, because obviously this is inside of his mother, he ever had the pleasure of knowing, really, that she was a bubbly person. Mm -hmm. And this was all stripped from her.
1: It's terrible.
0: So after Bernie had Tracy, however, things really started to change. Tracy recalls a time in his life where he was ill and in pain.
1: Tracy said, I was in pain. My throat hurt and I felt like... I'd been on the sofa for weeks. I was aware, Alan, my granddad, a tinyish Irish man, a tinyish, a tiny Irish fella. That's really what I was trying to Tiniest, get
0: at. Tinyish Irish. <laughs> it's
1: like an Irish car bomb. Right. Oh lord, y'all, Courtney sucks at words. You're good. Uh, let me start that over. Mm. My granddad, a tiny Irish fella with a deep southern accent, was reading his western book in his jeans and cotton shirt with a green woolen hat pulled down. I think, maybe. And also, it's so funny because I think
0: deep southern accent, I think like southern accent, like I know that's what I thought too when I was reading it. Southern
1: English. Southern (laughs) English accent, which is so strange because for us, like you said, southern is the south right. like our southern twins in m3 like right. that's what i think of <laughs> right. and so it throws me off every time i read that like, i like southern accent they don't have southern accents but they do it's just southern english yeah accent. it's interesting <laughs> um he was lying on the floor leaning against the sofa that i was laying on his back his black hair peeking out slightly When he noticed I was awake, he folded his book and made wrestling gestures along with the television to try to cheer me up. I smiled, but I had no energy to join in. My mind was willing, but my body just couldn't make the effort. It was Hulk Hogan versus The Ultimate Warrior, my favorite match. Which, by the way, I'm a big wrestling fan, and I... I've watched this on film and it's epic. I know, I could just like picture this. It's so so (laughs) good. Oh oh, good man. Like, (laughs) yeah. He's not a legend now, but he was then.
0: (laughs) It's like bleach blonde (laughs) mullet.
1: Then he just rips his tank top off. Because he's so strong. Oh Oh, boy. Oh, good times. <laughs> um, he rewound the tape each time so we could watch it over and over. I had tonsillitis pretty badly, which is terrible. I can't even imagine. I've never right. had tonsillitis, but I've heard it's gnarly. Sucks. So he said Nan had been spoon feeding me, but I couldn't take it anymore. I'd gone from crying when she tried to f- when she tried flat out refusing. I was on a waiting list and could hear her getting upset when I didn't eat. Nan had called my father around as I'd been on liquids for two days and she told him as I lay on the sofa, I don't know what to do. He won't eat and the hospital won't see him yet. My father looked down at me in his suede jacket, blue jeans, shiny chrome looking spectacles and said, oh my god, this kills me. Mm -hmm. Fuck him. Tell him if he won't eat, his throat will close up. Who? Such a great father. Who tells their kid that? Right, exactly. Such a caring... Fucking father, it's disgusting. Right, and then he just walks out. Mm Mhm. Right. Disgusting. Probably should have just walked out completely since you're not a father anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Don't pretend like you are. Ugh. I started shaking with fear involuntarily. I didn't know what was happening to me. I knew I couldn't eat and believed if I didn't, my throat was actually going to close up. Which you just put the fear of dying basically in that child's mind.
0: And I wonder if his grandmother had called him. Hoping that he could scare him into eating, That's but fair. it's like seriously, he takes it to such an extreme. And it's, it's not okay. Like disgusting. You're extreme. Instilling psychological torture into this child, mm-hmm. essentially. It's disgusting. It's terrible. Ugh.
1: I had no reason to doubt him. I lay shaking whilst Nan tried to soothe me. I could feel her anger towards Wenzel as she brushed my hair back. Ignore him. He talks a load of rubbish. That man. I don't know what Bernie sees in him. I really don't. I'd like to say I relaxed under her touch. However, the truth is, I was arching my back and grasping for breath to check if I could still breathe. Mm. The more I flapped about worrying about my breathing, the worse I got, which is so sad. I just can't. Like, why would you do that to a child? Yeah.
0: I mean, let alone he's got physical pain that's happening, and then you're instilling this mental pain on him, too.
1: And he's, like, literally can't do anything. He's waiting to get in to see a doctor. They don't know what's wrong with him. Like, he's already got enough on his plate. Right. Now you're scaring the poor kid. That's terrible. Ugh.
0: So, this, unfortunately, was not outside of the norm for Wenzel. He obviously lacked compassion toward Tracy, and that's the type of person he was. It was his kind of normal, if you like. Times weren't always dark, though. And sometimes some occasional bright spots came in. Tracy's siblings didn't live with he and his grandparents, and he would just be told that whenever a new sibling was born, he would just be told whenever a new sibling was born, sorry, but that he had to also care for them. But Tracy actually recalls a time that his grandmother and grandfather would take them to see the new babies for a bit of time.
1: That's so sweet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he would remember Wenzel playing cards with his grandparents and his mother would be doing puzzle books or playing with the new baby. One of his siblings, who was named Jonathan, he was special, as far as Bernie had told Tracy. Apparently he had a hole in his heart and he had, quote, a squint in his eye. But Bernie emphasized that they needed to take extra care of him. Due to these special conditions. But that they were very fortunate to have him in their lives. Aww, which that just tells you so melts. much of a good mom that she I is. Know. She just like she loved knew it. babies. Yes. She loved them how she could. And you'll see that she couldn't give a lot sometimes. Yeah. And for good reason. Yeah. But she loved these babies. But Tracy actually recalls seeing Jonathan around Christmas one year. But that... The, or, sorry, around Christmas in general. I apologize. <laughs> Let me back that up. <laughs> Tracy recalls seeing Jonathan around Christmas, but that they unfortunately didn't really see each other often outside of that. One of the root causes of their distance was Wenzel's long working hours, like I had mentioned before, and Bernie's agoraphobia. So unless they brought Jonathan to his grandparents' house, they would rarely see one another. Bernie was especially protective of Tracy's brother, but there were very fond memories with him that Tracy can recall. He remembers them making shields and swords, and they would play warriors. And also loved to play with their grandparents' large manual lawnmower. (laughs) Which kid doesn't, (laughs) honestly. I know, right? (laughs) Exactly. He's like, what is this thing? (laughs) So them being able to play together like normal children was particularly special to him, and that's why it Mm -hmm. stands out in his memories. I love that. That's when we start to get into sad. Yeah, this (laughs) is when things start getting crazy. Yeah. So Tracy's grandmother, Pat, ended up passing away from a brain tumor when Tracy was only nine years old. And he had remembered that she was bleeding a little bit from her ear when this had happened. She was complaining of having a headache, and so she went and laid in front of the fire in the house, but she got sick. He said what she'd eaten the night before was just coming up, and she was just so ill in front of the fire. And Tracy was there as this all was happening. And he went to go get his father for help. Um, I'm not sure if Alan wasn't there at the time, but he said he went and got Wenzel. But Wenzel only ended up getting mad at Tracy, of course, for being a nuisance, because how dare he bother him. But an ambulance finally was called later on in the night but tracy was told that pat had passed away and pat for tracy was the closest thing to a mother that he knew for right. his nine years of life at that point and i mean obviously she had stepped in for her daughter as his mother figure and things really got complicated for tracy even more so at this point and his father of course put a wrench in things
1: oh well, no surprises as, there
0: yeah as we'll find out he does All of the time. time. All the fucking time. Things actually happened really quickly with Wenzel trying to take him after Pat died. Tracy had said that his time with his grandpa, Alan, would begin to dwindle, but that before he knew it, he was living solely with his father and mother. Wenzel told Tracy that things would change. He explained that it wasn't fair for Alan to take care of Tracy since Pat was gone. And Wenzel had told Tracy that Alan wasn't, quote, his fucking dad end quote, he set the precedent quickly that Tracy was to fall in line and to not question him.
1: And I just rolled my eyes so hard in the back of my head, it hurt. Right, yeah. And you have to
0: remember, at this point, Tracy, he knew what an ass his dad was, but he wasn't in the thick of it, like his Mm -mm. siblings were. Right. So this was a shock for him. This was just, it shook his whole world at this point, because he had known being raised
1: by his grandparents at that point.
0: So this is a terrible
1: time. Yeah. The start of all of the terrible times. It's kind times. of like a shocker, really, if you think about it. Like, yeah. You go from having this pretty much semi-decent, loving, caring yeah. home to right. all of a sudden you've got this abusive, narcissistic father, Right. a mother who is afraid to leave her house, mm-hmm. and has struggles of her own being a mother. Right. Like, you literally go in from a calm house to an actual chaotic mess. Yeah.
0: And for the most part, he barely even knew his siblings either.
1: It's just crazy to think about. So crazy. Um, Tracy says that Wenzel had started insisting. I spend three days a week with him. He seemed about as happy as it, as I was. It happened so fast. One minute I was with Alan and visiting Wenzel's every so often. And then I was living at Wenzel's house and Alan was leaving. My heart hurts. I know. Um, I was staying with Wenzel because, hey, what he says goes, which that just breaks my heart. Yeah, it's like,
0: ugh. You just feel like you have nothing. You can't say anything. You can't do any different.
1: No, it's just whatever it's he says, it is you have. Right. Ugh. Despicable. I hugged Alan and said my goodbyes, and he said as though so downhearted, See you, lad. See you soon, lad. I sat a, I sat cross-legged on the floor, watching the empty doorway he had left through. I'm <laughs> mm, just
0: picturing him just watching him leave.
1: And then just sitting there watching right. the empty doorway. Because
0: he knows
1: what shit mm. happens in this house. God, it's awful. Wenzel stood in the doorway to the living room, white t-shirt and blue jeans, his glasses dulled by the living room light and no shade. You can't run around here like you did with him, you know. He can't look after you now it's not fair to him now there's only him there which I
0: it's like he's trying to make himself sound better yeah but I I would venture a guess that it was Bernie that was trying to get Tracy to come because she didn't want his her father
1: to take care have of him that by on himself yeah. exactly. You know, and Winslow's trying to make it seem
0: like, oh, I'm just looking out for Alan. He doesn't give a shit. No, he doesn't give two Not shits. shit at all.
1: No. I noticed he had a paperclip holding his glasses together. He wouldn't. He wasn't saying it in the form of an explanation. He was saying it in the form of an order. He can. He wants me there, and I want to be with him. What? Where's the problem? I replied innocently, and that's truly an innocent child right out there. Like. He like, wants me there. What's the deal? Like, exactly. Why can't I exactly. be there? Because I'm sure that Tracy knows that Ellen doesn't want to be alone either. Mm-mm. No. Absolutely not. Did you just answer me back? He asked in a tone that said, I'd see trouble, which that makes me want to punch him in the face. Um, he said a way of extending his words way beyond the sound they'd finish making. It wasn't like... When a parent tells a child off, sometimes you still hear the echo of when they said, stop, as it resounds. It wasn't like that. With this guy, it was something more intentional. I wasn't used to the rules yet. Caroline had made a sharp exit and Jonathan was following suit behind her. They held their heads down and went to the stairs. No, I'm just saying. He wants me. Ask him. He said I could live with him as long as I want. I stood up. I was about to I was about 4 feet in front of him. He leans forward and he says, "Well, he's not your fucking dad, is he? What I say goes. Understand?" He took a few steps forward and tapped my head with his finger hard and a few times on understand. And I just did it, because Mm. that pisses me off. Seriously. Like Um, his fucking finger. I would have grabbed it and snapped it, personally. But, I mean, I get why he didn't. Yeah, exactly. Because he's terrified. Yeah. I shook him off. Don't look at me like that boy. I'll knock you senseless. He said, doing a half laugh. I was staring, or I was starting to realize why Nan and Alan didn't like him. Which I'm starting to realize, too. Yeah. Disgusting. So fucking disgusting oh my god
0: like the absolute repulsion i have for this man is i i can't even describe it like Mm -mm. it just radiates through my spine like Like, i'm nauseous just
1: talking about it right now yeah
0: yeah like i got like tingles all up and down my body like my arms are numb because i help
1: my adrenaline's like pumping so tracy
0: recalls how much his mother loved the kids and how much she liked to play with them She did, however, make it clear that Jonathan was her favorite. (laughs) Um, So, if you remember, Jonathan is the one that has, you know, some special circumstances. He needed extra care. They needed to look after him, especially. Um, But he soon learned that his mother needed to be drinking, or needed to have a drink nearby, to really be happy. And we all know that's not a healthy coping mechanism, but I cannot say that I blame her.
1: I can't say that I do either. Yeah. So... As we had kind of touched
0: on, Wenzel was always in control. Always, always, always. Literally everyone was under his thumb at any given time. And Tracy says that his father was a psychopath. Downright psychopathic. And he was able to work people. He was able to present himself in different ways. And like we had said before, he could charm his way through anything.
1: Yeah, he's a definite charmer. He's a narcissistic like, flipper. He knows exactly. how to flip it. Yes. It's like, he has got a Jekyll and Hyde in him,
0: definitely. And he was not meant to be a father in oh. any sense of the word. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not at all. He lacked complete empathy with his children and the other family members. Clearly. He treated them like they were nothing. Mm. Tracy said that dinner time at Wenzel's house was not a matter of sharing a meal with your family. And notice how Tracy continually says Wenzel's house. He doesn't say our house. He says Wenzel's Wenzel's house. house. He doesn't just
1: say he doesn't say dad either. Yeah,
0: and even before he was back there, he didn't say my mom and dad's house. He said Wenzel's Wenzel's house. house. Oof. So that's very telling. But with dinner, as soon as his father came home from work, he would turn off the music they were playing if they were playing any anything, and he would turn the TV on. He dictated what was on the television and ordered everyone to sit in silence until dinner was ready. No one else could eat before Wenzel received his food. And he would even deny them salt. He would even ask, like, do you want some salt? But Tracy says he never passed around any damn salt. And he would pretend like he was putting salt in his hand and sprinkle it with his hand on their food. But there was no fucking salt. Why? That is literally the most menial, stupid, fucked up thing to do. It's such a mind fuck. Exactly. Like, like he literally just wants to fuck with them any way that he can.
1: It's like, it's like the leave it to Beaver time mentality in yeah. my mind, where the you know don't eat until dad sits but down. Beaver
0: would never.
1: Oh, absolutely not. No, and that's <laughs> not what I'm saying. But like, no, it's I just that that idea of like you can't eat until the dad comes home and sits down. Yeah, at exactly. the head of the table. Like, right. That I get. But then when you start getting into the psychological fuckery of mm-hmm. it, it's like. Yeah. He took that to a whole nother extreme. Oh, yeah. oh,
0: Wenzel was there to be served, and this hellhole was his castle. Well, you should have been in hell right. and served. But that's exactly. exactly. And he's a little reincarnated, let's be honest. Mm. So, Wenzel, of course, would also nag at Bernie about her cooking. She is going through it, and I'm surprised she could
1: even muster up the strength to cook. I'll be putting arsenic in his food, honestly. (laughs) 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 Yep. Sorry, just indicating myself in murdering someone. (laughs) We don't condone it. We don't. We don't. But honestly, (laughs) in this situation, I would question it. Right.
0: So even worse, if Bernie tried to ignore the cruel things that Wenzel would say to her, he would keep at her until she responded. He'd say, "At least you're good for something." Yeah, bitch. I am. I think he meant things that were not
1: Oh, I know, nice. but I'm just being a sarcastic right. bitch. And right. And I <laughs> don't know how to keep my mouth shut when especially <laughs> men say stuff like that. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So Winslow would also take food away from the children after making them wait to eat because he's just a complete fuckbag. Even if the children would slow be slow to eat, he would take their food away. So if they didn't eat fast enough, if they ate too fast, they couldn't fucking win no matter what with him. If they ate all of their food, Wenzel would give them a hard time, calling them gluttonous essentially. And then he would give them hell if they didn't finish everything on their plate. He'd use the whole they're starving children in Africa thing, you know. And that's a common thing for parents to do. Like things like their Yeah, kids that's to common. Finish. But he literally would like use it as a tactic for them. Ugh despicable. So yeah, he would call them a waste no matter what. No matter what. And he would try to guilt them about everything. Every single damn thing. No surprise there. And understandably so, Tracy just wanted to go back to his grandpa's house. I would too. He wouldn't be anywhere but there. Anywhere but there. I would run away. Yeah. But his grandparents' house was the only home that he knew at that point in his life. But Wenzel had all the authority since he was Tracy's actual dad. But Tracy was able to make some good memories with his mom, like I had said, But the stress of living in this sort of household began to show itself physically with her. Wenzel had complete control over everyone, like I said many times, but Bernie had to find a way to escape mentally. She, since she couldn't escape, you know, physically from that environment. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Right. So her agoraphobia and OCD were what manifested due to this trauma that she had, but Tracy did wonder if she possibly didn't actually have OCD, Um, but, because, like, she would do things, like, separate their coffee. Like, so she could have her own coffee. It was literally just a matter of putting it in two separate jars. And it was just, like, it was one thing that she could control. So, that's what he wonders, if that's... That's fair. Yeah. You
1: create these abilities to control things that you can control. Exactly. Exactly. And one of his sisters also ended up having a stutter. Mm -hmm. Which,
0: that is a very common thing with trauma. But... Tracy felt that none of them were able to have their own identities. And They don't sound like they did. Yeah, they were behind Wenzel. They were
1: not their own people. Ugh. Tracy said, Mom brought food in one by one. I wasn't hungry, but then I was never hungry. He told me, sit down as soon as the kids' plates were out. Just getting yours and mine, she replied. It was never ours. It was always yours and mine. She handed him a plate. He snatched it, grabbed her wrist and pulled her down. About fucking time. Sit down. I'm trying to watch this. She rubbed her wrist and he laughed. That didn't hurt, he added. Yeah, mom said, lowering her head. That didn't hurt. Look. He started tapping her face with the back of his hand repeated- repeatedly. Wow, I can't say that word. It's okay. Repeatedly. There we go. I put it together that. <laughs> <so not. laughs> She pulled away. Stop it. She said, glancing at him and then putting her head back down. That didn't hurt. He grabbed her wrist with both hands, pulling it towards him in the middle of the sofa. No, please. She said, high-pitched. He Chinese burnt her hand, which if you don't know what Chinese burning is, it's very similar to like Indian rug burning. Like, yeah, I think it's the same thing. It's just like, yeah. yeah, they say it differently, but yeah, it's like you take... You put each of your hands
0: like on, you know, whatever, their wrist, their leg, their fingers, whatever, and you move your twist. hands in opposite directions to twist their skin. And it's painful. Hurts. I do
1: not like I yeah. hated it when I was a kid and other kids would do it. Yeah. Um she winced and tried pulling away, but he wouldn't let her and gave her a you know what you'll get in a minute look, which fuck you. Seriously. I want to fucking punch I want to punch him out so him. hard. Oh. These kids, please," she said as she looked up at us. "Well, should I do it? I couldn't let others answer. I knew whatever they said, this was bad. This was trouble waiting to happen. If anyone said yes, mom got told. If anyone said yes, mom got told. See, even the fucking kids hate you. You're useless. You're fucking useless, Wenzel. Like you are useless. Oh God. Um, and he would burn her. I know I'd seen it before. If he said no, then we'd be stood in the middle of the room and slapped until we cried and then told to stop crying. Or mom would be hurt in front of us to prove he could do what he wanted no matter what. I looked him dead in the eye and said the only thing I could think of, good day, (laughs) which
0: I love love it. (laughs) Like, it's such a sweet little diversion tactic <laughs> like i can just picture him like
1: good day good like, day
0: like unsure of it but like this. i almost is hear like a sarcastic
1: him. like a sarcastic like good day right a day today yeah Yeah. <laughs> he laughs good day eat eat your food <laughs> eat your food god i got this eat your food you smart ass little shit your mom's gone to a lot of trouble over this sorry state of a meal haven't you babe Ew. Disgusting. Yeah, he really is. He said this while twiddling her hair, and she had not, and she didn't try to pull away. I, I just, just <laughs> I keep stuttering over my words, because I think, honestly, it's just making me panic. Yeah, and it's uncomfortable. Like, I just
0: have never, and I mean, I know we're getting this and, like, remembering all of the bad parts at one time, but I'm just like, seriously, every single fucking tactic that he can think of, to mess with them mentally, mm-hmm. it's and it has me because he's such a small piece of shit human that it makes him feel bigger to Yuck. make them feel like shit. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only thing I can think of. That is what he's doing. It's disgusting. It's, it's a like, flip tactic. Yeah, right? exactly. It's like reverse psychology, gaslighting, literally all of the psychological torture that you can put in a box. And he's also physically abusing them. So all around piece of fucking garbage. <laughs> Facts. Fuck count is up in this one, friends. Don't fret, kitty cats. <laughs> we
1: got more to come. Cause we're just gonna get more heated. So yeah, it gets pretty wild, guys. We haven't even touched on yeah, half of it. Exactly. This is just the beginning.
0: Oh god. Okay. Tracy recalls how they weren't allowed to fall without being punished. But think about that. They weren't allowed to
1: fall without being punished. Do you know how many times I like, trip and fall? Like you joke about that. I <laughs> or truly falls t- walking. <laughs> a trip over trips. painted lines, guys. Like every
0: time I'm like walking more than like ten feet with her, she's like, Oh, I tripped That's <laughs> so
1: bad. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like if that was me, I would be black and blue twenty four seven. Right. Exactly. I trip over everything and fall. Yeah. Continually. I fall S- up the I
0: literally broke my foot after just stepping wrong off of a sidewalk. Come on. Mm-hmm. I broke my foot by falling down the stairs. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. And we're
0: not laughing at this. We're laughing at ourselves. Yeah. And how we would be fucked. I would be screwed, honestly. And what's even worse is if Wenzel was leading them to be punished, they weren't allowed to run ahead. And if they fell, they would be reprimanded even worse. So again, psychological torture. All the time. It's exhausting. Like, I'm exhausted just reading about it and retelling this but tracy had said that sometimes if he made even the smallest mistake wenzel would tell him to move back and he'd have to slide his chair back and watch everyone else eat so this is again still focused around dinner but bernie would feel bad for tracy and not eat but then wenzel would turn his anger toward her but blame tracy for his anger like see what you made me do you're making me mad at your mom because you wouldn't eat
1: it's that and whole she didn't eat because thing. you won't
0: eat and it's your fault. Like, seriously. That. It's so
1: psychological. It is, it's psychological yeah, warfare. It is. And it's like multi-layered fuckery. With a child who's not even in double digits exactly. yet. A child who's not used to your fucking shitbag ass. That was a lot. <laughs> no, that was a good one.
0: <laughs> I just can't. Like, I can't even form my insults. <laughs> Michelle's like, I am (laughs) shutting Yeah, I am.
1: I'm like, short-circuiting in my brain. Me too. It's okay.
0: When he would watch his food be taken away without having been able to eat, Wenzel would gripe at him, saying, should have thought about that before. And what's more is that they were supposed to call him sir, but if Tracy said sir in a certain way, Wenzel thought he was being sarcastic, so he would slap Tracy. You can't fucking... Win. I seriously feel like a broken record, but like seriously, Wenzel reveled in the ability to keep everyone walking on eggshells and keep the power over everyone. But in reality, he was a coward. I feel like we can all kind of parse that at this point. Oh, absolutely. He picked on the people that couldn't stand up to him or those that he had picked and brought down to nothing. So he brought them down to these shells of themselves and they were easy targets. And that's not a slight on them in the least. Like they coped however they needed to but How that's do what you...
1: bullies do they, exactly they pick the weakest link right and attack them because they know that they won't get attacked back i feel like bully isn't even appropriate for him we need like a stronger
0: word that means the same but like what else means it like that's not enough
1: the only thing i can think him. of is narcissistic but that doesn't even do it justice a tyrant oh there we go that's a good one yep i think that's Even that, I
0: feel like, isn't quite enough for him. Not quite. But it's close. Yeah. Tracy, though, has learned to get past all of this, which is astounding. And he really has, in his own way, forgiven Wenzel. And I'm kind of jumping the gun with this, because once you hear everything else that happened, you're going to be astonished.
1: I truly he is a much better person than I could ever seriously ever be.
0: I don't know how how he's done it, but really I I think it's just so mm-hmm. much
1: it's an testament to who he so is coping, yeah. He's a good person who yeah. has a good heart and a good head on his shoulders mm-hmm. and he is willing to step forward. Forgive him right. and move on with his life, with his family. Yeah, and it's because he has compassion in him. Yes, something that Wenzel would never know if it slapped no. him in the face. Exactly. exactly. Um, Tracy said, corner was another one of his games. I knew the rules. One step away from the corner of our yellow living room wall was my place. I had to have my hands by I'm my I'm sorry, sides. I'm just like, he had his <laughs> I... own fucking corner. His own corner like he knew his corner guys Mm -hmm. okay sorry i had to have my hands by my sides relaxed and facing straight ahead with my feet together i'm surprised i recall the color of those walls i spent so much time staring through them rather than at them it's strange to explain those feelings where i'd be stationary for so long at a wall and yet aware of everything going on around me More often than not, the slightest sound, and I could place what it was and who had made it. If you were walking around busy, you don't really notice your legs that much because you're moving in different ways. However, stood in one spot for hours, eventually you notice it. A lot. So it's good to move your feet and legs around a little. The fact that
0: out of all of that, that's what he takes away from it. It's just good to move your feet and your legs around. No, honey, like, think about that. You're literally standing there for so long that you have learned to tell by the sounds that people make who it is. And I get if they're, like, you know, coughing or, like, clearing their throat or something. Or if they're, you know, yawning, sneezing or something like that. But it's literally, like, their gait. Their movement, Their mannerisms, yeah.
1: And it's just... And it's one thing to memorize it by chilling on your bed, like, playing on your computer. And you hear people and you know it. But, like, he's literally standing in a corner staring at a wall for nothing so long else to do but listen oh god it just makes me think of like I, when i was growing up kids used to their parents used to put them on like a piece of wood and then rice and then they'd have to kneel on yes. it yes that was a big thing when we were kids i yeah. don't know if you i don't and know if you remember legitimately that legitimately child abuse oh absolutely because you bleed if you yeah. move at all yeah and kids are ending up with scars bad ones and like fucked up knees because of it yeah like, that's what that makes me think of. Yeah. And it's both of those are forms of child abuse. It's so disgusting. Mm.
0: But Tracy told us that Macclesfield had a pub that was, um, I remember it saying about five miles down the road from where they lived, um, but I may be a little bit off on that, so I apologize. Um, but it was called the Golden Lion. So What rival- a name. <laughs> right? <laughs> so rival teams of different football teams, like rival fans, I should say, sorry, of different football teams, they would be at different pubs watching the games. That's a big thing over there. Really big thing over there. Like, people (laughs) are wild about it. And if things got rowdy, which they commonly did, (laughs) opposing fans would meet in the Moores Hill Road, which was the road right outside of their house. Oh, shit. And I guess this was, like, in the middle, as they called it, for the teams. Okay. Like, the fans. And... Um, Tracy remembers them actually having a stabbing victim of one of these fights on the couch of his grandparents' house. So again, this poor child is just experiencing trauma all around. Every
1: worst possible thing that a child yeah. can experience. And he's this was like literally before
0: anything else happened. So he's just like, okay, oh, <gasps> this, this is another time. this is normal. So now we're going to talk about Alan Tracy's grandfather. A little bit more. So Tracy remembers Alan having epilepsy. He had... Alan had walked downstairs one night after he had just recently moved. And he ended up... He wasn't awake, it sounds like. And he ended up going outside and urinating on the street. And I guess Pat had, like, followed him out there. But she didn't want to wake him up and startle him and cause an episode. Um, But somehow she got him, you know, back into the house. Another time, though, Alan had hit his head when he was having a fit, and he had to stay in the hospital. Mm. And Tracy, recalls, going to the hospital to visit him with his grandmother, and they brought him an apple pie, which is so sweet. I'm like, I didn't know that was really a thing in the UK, because I'm like, I just think apple pie, you know, America,
1: it's like... It's it's not every single one of our, like, independent... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're like, it's such an America
0: thing, but good to know it's not, so Americans stop claiming shit, that isn't just yours. Absolutely. <laughs> but Tracy remembers Alan asking the nurse who they were when they were leaving, so apparently, so unfortunately, he had had some memory loss. Aww. But the nurse had said, you know, that's your wife and that's your grandson, and Alan said... Holy shit, I'm married? <laughs> oh, I, love I love it. it. Just the so most much. Innocent, sweet excitement. I, I love it so much. Um, but unfortunately, Tracy had to learn how to navigate these fits for Alan. It seemed like they weren't super common but he definitely had been around for It sounds like a they're pretty big
1: Yeah for a like, few if he was times having, like had
0: all seizures or, you know, what was happening, but definitely scary for yeah. a kid to have to deal with. Totally. But also good for him to know, you know, yeah. how to handle things. So Tracy had learned not to let his grandfather grab him if he was having an episode and he also learned what the quote recovery position was for him that's so, awesome like, yeah the position to put him in i'm assuming so you know they didn't choke or anything like that yeah it's usually on their side and you kind of right. let them do their thing right this unfortunately does you know bring about some complicated memories for tracy though um but we will courtney will get into that a little bit later so tracy remembers his grandfather commenting on how bare their home was around christmas time the year after pat had passed away Aww. He said that she always made a really big deal about Christmas and decorated the house and it was just a nice memory, clearly, for Alan and Tracy. But her absence was definitely felt. And it wasn't too long after she had passed away, so I think it was just really difficult, which is completely understandable. But Tracy had actually remarked how he hated
1: Christmas and people at that point, and I think it was just circumstantial. I mean, I'm with him. I'm not a big Christmas fan myself. <laughs> I'm but not a big he hated people, people fan too either <laughs> at that time. like hated people. No, I get that. Yeah. I just I I feel with him. I'm kind of mm-hmm. I understand that. Like sometimes Christmas holds a very different image for people when they've exactly. been through stuff like this. There's a lot of people that Christmas is more
0: negative for it it. and it may not be for any particular reason, mm-hmm. you know. And that's normal. Christmas holds a lot of different things for different people. It does. And it's just sad that he felt this way at such a young age. You know, kids should just be delighted by Christmas. You know, no matter how they see Christmas, it should be a happy time for them. And I know Christmas gets such a bad rap for being so commercialized and like parents spoiling their children so much. Because, you know, kids that have less, they obviously don't get that same thing right. you know that's because he's so
1: young he should be loving and excited right. about christmas not because right. even the children <clears throat> that have less i've known you know plenty that still oh,
0: see the magic love of it. christmas yeah so happy. because their families make it special absolutely and clearly
1: pat made it, pat special. Made it special so yeah. with her absence it was absolutely
0: harsh. so this was on christmas eve that tracy had remembered his granddad talking about this the next day, Alan went and woke Tracy up, and he got them some tea and biscuits, mm-hmm. and when Tracy got out of his room, he actually saw that Alan had decorated the house, and this gives me warm tingles in my soul.
1: My little heart. I know, just I'm, like, getting choked up. In a good at, way. But. I have little tears in my
0: eyes. Because this poor kid had so few bright spots.
1: But In his, his grandparents really tried to they give did. him those bright spots they absolutely and I love did. it. Right. And I say this kid because
0: I don't I don't pity Tracy at all. No, I know, mean, doesn't no. want that because he has persevered, but the childs that had to go through this. Yes. That's
1: The child what had to go through heart. this to get to where he's at exactly. today and to that's become the amazing person that he is today. Absolutely. And I think that's the part that you and I feel so heartbroken for is that child absolutely but
0: alan did all of this while tracy slept on christmas eve and it just makes my heart sore but he remembered the beauty and the grandeur that he saw of it and how alan had done all of it on his own and even the christmas tree he was just so taken aback by it and i can just imagine his heart just skipping a beat because it's like He had clearly come to terms that there wasn't really going to be a Christmas this year. Mm -hmm. But his granddad changed that for him. (gasps) I might cry at this next part. So, Alan and Tracy both went and knelt before the Christmas tree. And they took a moment of silence for Pat. Tracy noted that they weren't really praying or anything like that. But it was just honoring her in that moment. They both began to cry at the same time. And they held one another in front Mm -hmm. of the Christmas tree. I love it. And Tracy remembered how his grandfather's clothes had been stained with his tears from him holding him. And fortunately, they had gifts that they had already bought for one another when Pat was still there. Because like I said, this was not long after she had passed away. So Tracy had remembered feeling an emptiness, though, that night when they said goodnight to one another... You know, Alan said goodnight to Tracy. Tracy said goodnight to his granddad. But there was an emptiness in the air at no goodnight, Pat, that was there for that night.
1: Mm. I know. That was rough. <laughs> this was so hard. <laughs> Ooh, and it just gets harder. I know, it does. Okay. Um. Okay. So, the huge water butt was full and had ice over outside because of the snow. I chucked... I chucked my willies, which... What are willies? Willies? I don't know. I don't know if it's like boots or so boots maybe like, like I, galoshes no. or something. Yeah, it has to be
0: shoes of some sort. Yeah, like either like snow galoshes or boots or something. I don't know. But okay. he calls them willies. Willies. I, I love, love it.
1: <laughs> it. <laughs> Drinks. Um, I chucked my willies on as I could see Alan pushing down on it hard, and it looked fun as the huge ice circle wobbled around. I could see it bouncing softly over the lip of the huge blue bucket, and it was really thick. Here, lad. He waved me over as I plodded through the snow towards him, which I just see, like, a little kid it, yeah. in, like, a big, huge snowsuit, just, <laughs> like, like wobbling. A Christmas Story. <laughs> yes. That's what I picture. <laughs> I'm sure that wasn't it, but that's just I what I think yep. of. It. Like, his imagery <laughs> makes me think that. I love it so much. <laughs> um... He lifted the whole circle out and placed it standing up on the floor in front of me. "Go on then," he said with a huge grin. "What?" I said. "Give it a whack, lad," which like, <laughs> "Yes, <laughs> smack that thing." I laughed. It was very thick and cold. It looked amazing, but it wasn't going but I wasn't going to hit it. "Give it a kick then," he said. And I did a few times, and it didn't break. "Your turn, granddad." <laughs> I which I can just see a little kid being like, okay, your so turn. Cute. Right. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Um, I said, raising my arms to hold the top of this thing. We rolled it against a fence post. Alan asked if I wanted another go before I, he broke it. No, you won't break it. <laughs> Which, again, such a child thing <laughs> to say. It. I love it. I said, knowing he was capable of such things with ease. So you're just trying to goad him. He's just I messing like with him and I love it. <laughs> Uh, he stepped back, and I heard him take a short breath and rapidly, and then he let it out twice as fast as he stepped forward. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> the ice ring went clean in half, and it fell to the ground. And I bowed, I bowed to him. Aikido style. Aikido style. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's what that was called. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning new things. I love it. I just the whole imagery of it. He's just so good at putting an image in my head. Like the way that he writes, I'm like, Oh, I can see this. I see it all. And this sweet, precious baby is trying so hard to just give his granddad
0: a little bit of normalcy to give him some happiness.
1: And it's just so sweet. What child that young thinks like that? A child that's been put in a situation where they have to be like that. And the selfless child Mm -hmm. a truly selfless child absolutely
0: which is rare very rare absolutely (laughs) tracy recalls to us how he and alan stayed in their same routines after pat passed away it really seemed comfortable for his grandfather so again tracy wanted to help his granddad cope how he could he remembers sleeping on the floor in his grandmother's room at this point she had been deceased for a little over two months Tracy knew that his grandfather would struggle to be okay and settle after Pat passed, which is completely understandable. Oh, yeah. When he would sleep on the floor, he would wait until he heard Alan's breathing change, and then Tracy would allow himself to sleep at that point.
1: So he's just... Again, such a selfless child. Exactly, like Just
0: looking out for his granddad, and it really seems like he had become his grandfather's watchman. Yeah. At such a young age. That's Definitely. such a strong responsibility, but... I really wonder if he found some comfort in it. Because it seems like he fell into it so naturally, you know? He did. And I wish that he could have stayed there. Yeah. And just to, you know, kind of point out the obvious, we are going back and forth with this. And I feel the reason that it was told to us in this manner, like I said, we're not taking Tracy's words exactly. Courtney is doing quotes through this.
1: But I feel like it kind of just lightens up. yeah it's a very good flow of like we get really dark we lighten back up we get very dark we lighten back up it's a good bringing us back to neutral if you will yes like our
0: lovely Paige and sam so we're not gonna go full (laughs) t-rex no full t-rex i've gotten close
1: at this point
0: yeah you have a couple times (laughs) (laughs) that's okay it's okay So, the night that Tracy recalls, he had heard a bit of noise, and he realized that his granddad had got up to use the restroom. He wanted to actually try to do something to lift his spirits a little bit. So, he was trying to kind of plot something to see if he could either scare him or trip him in the hopes that they may be able to kind of have a play fight or just have a good laugh after a dark time. You know, he's just continually trying to lift his spirits. He's trying to help him. But, unfortunately, though, this isn't what happened.
1: So Tracy recalls, granddad took a step in front of my feet and I reacted. I spun to the side, straightening my leg and my ankle, keeping them tense and turned my foot knocking into him perfectly just how he had taught me. Got him. He tripped. And the second he started to fall, I knew something was badly wrong. He fell forwards and immediately went into a fit. He toppled and fell hitting the radiator on the wall, which I totally forgot that, like, radiators were, yeah. like, not built into your home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they right. were little, literal metal pieces. Yeah, like, exactly. ginormous pieces. Yeah. Um, I and heard by
0: fit, too, sorry. Tracing means an, an epileptic, epileptic fit. fit. yeah
1: I heard it rattle in the dark, but didn't see the impact, and then he was upright again and falling backwards, straight down like a falling wall. Oh, guys, this is killing me. his head hit the floor hard he landed on nan's bathrobe which i'd used to cover myself up with because it still smelled of her which is like oh my god so precious um it did nothing to hide the vibrations through the floorboard of his head hitting them i remember the sound of the pipes rattling to this day i grabbed his face and turned to remember everything i'd been told don't move him get up Don't put anything in his mouth. Don't let him grab you. When he stops shaking, put him in the recovery position. All the information hit me within milliseconds. He wasn't shaking. He wasn't moving. As far as I could tell, he wasn't breathing. I knew if he wasn't breathing, he needed immediate help. He must have slept in his jeans because his keys were on the chain attached to them and currently in his pocket. I could see the chain and... The bulge. I crawled over him and dug my hand down deep, struggling to remove the keys in the metal clasp. I ran downstairs to the front door, literally. I fumbled with the keys and ran outside. My memory blinks here. I don't know who I told first. I don't know where I went or what happened. I do recall the verdict brain hemorrhage, just like Nan. I also remember it, it was two days until his Doberman lay down and died, oddly. Oh, sorry. That kills me. Um, Doberman laid down and died oddly. The only, rem- only memory I have of our old dog. I couldn't tell anyone. I was destroyed. I'd lost my parents as far as I was concerned. That got me so hard.
0: <clears throat> so, yeah. So, now Tracy's lost both of his grandparents and their dog, too. And the fact that that's the only memory that he has of their dog, too. I just can't even...
1: It's just so heartbreaking, and it's all in twos. Did you notice that? Yeah. So it was like two months and then two days. Mm -hmm. Which Mm -hmm. is just heartbreaking.
0: Just the amount of horrible, horrible stuff that he had to go through. It just... I can't... Like, I literally can't even match my feelings. (laughs) Like, I don't even know how to process this, because... I've never had to be in situations like this. Like, we've had... You know, everyone has their own versions of trauma, but nothing like this at Mm -hmm. all.
1: No.
0: Oh, boy. So, this string of trauma, literally, that's the only way you can describe it, is what likely led to Tracy becoming mute for a period of time. He felt that it was as if he had no one to protect him anymore, understandably, because his protectors were gone. He said the people who were supposed to protect him from even the things that they were scared of, which his parents, as far as he was concerned, even though they weren't, they were gone at this point.
1: And His two people in his corner.
0: Right. How alone must he have felt? Mm. At this time, Tracy was moved back into his parents' home. A home his true parents... His grandparents, like I said, didn't approve of. Which he even realized that his grandparents didn't approve of him living there. hmm And it was clear that helplessness was beginning to creep in on him. Tracy recalls how everything changed at that point. His mother was clearly struggling with the death of her mother, Pat. And she had turned to drinking, like we'd said before. And... She was responsible for taking care of all the kids and doing all the cooking. And while you're struggling so much like that and having to care for other humans and having to take care of this stupid
1: shitbag of a man.
0: I'm getting really upset.
1: Sorry. (laughs) I know. I can see it. I'm sorry.
0: She was extremely depressed and her agoraphobia kept her from being able to make even make it even past the lamppost outside of their home what's sad is that tracy remembers that his aunt betty or maggie would bribe her with a bottle of sherry if she left the house and made it past the lamppost i think was their marker so that's Mm. the only reason she would even try to go out so it's like they used her I mean, I
1: potential get it.
0: alcoholism against her, but I also get their desire yeah. to want her to get out of that.
1: They're house. trying to help her, but that's the only way they know how is by bribing yeah. her with her, her vice. Yeah, it's
0: a catch-22. It
1: really is. You know? Both are unhealthy, but it's like, what's more unhealthy at that point?
0: Right. Because it didn't sound like she was, like, a full-blown
1: alcoholic. No, she sounds, like, more like
0: a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, like, it's like she definitely used it as a crutch, and it yeah. was absolutely a problem, but... I don't think I don't was. blame her. Yeah. I
1: really don't. How How that situ- do that situation would create it. I don't yeah. care who you are.
0: Anything to numb it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it's not healthy, but God, who would do it differently, honestly? But Tracy remembers watching her from the bottom of Moorhill Road.
1: Where he says, I usually sit beside Wendell. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Wendell. Wendell. <laughs> He's a fuckface anyway. Fuckface anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna ruin the name every time. <laughs> um, but he usually stood beside Wenzel, who repeated, She won't make it. Silly cow never does fucking waste of space. Fuck. Are you Seriously? kidding me? Like, did you truly just tell your child that, but then de- degrade his mother like that? Like, I'm... As soon as she get home, whoever had taken her would say how well she'd done and how proud of they they were of her for trying. Then our visitor would leave, and he would start up, Waste of time, wasn't it? Don't know why you'd bother. Which, fuck you. Seriously. Um, if it wasn't for me, you'd have nothing. Fucking useless you are. What are you? He'd ask. She'd look down, and he'd repeat, Well, I'm talking to you. He'd pull her chin up to meet his gaze. What are you? He'd sneer useless she'd mother mutter that's right don't fucking forget it he demanded and would walk off we all knew if she didn't reply he'd slap her around and if she did and if he didn't get the reply he'd wanted he'd start on the kids usually me i'd take a few whacks and he'd insult bernie and caroline until mom said i'm useless then he'd stop but not until he'd dish her an order, make food or go get upstairs. Like you're a disgraceful piece of shit. Like I have, I have no words. Yeah. I just no. I can't even articulate
0: how I feel I don't blame about this disgusting man. It's like he literally continues to drag her into the ground farther and farther and farther. He is pushing her down. Yeah,
1: because he wants to make himself feel bigger and better, and he doesn't want her to think that she can step up to him. Exactly. Because I bet you 20 bucks, if she could step up to him, she would damage him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he knew it. And I feel
0: like he started so early on her that she didn't even know what was happening. Fair. And then by the time he had already broken her down a bit, he knew that she wouldn't step up to him and that's when he really started in yeah it just is so fucking disgusting yeah but Tracy remembers Wenzel even having his own limits especially with Jonathan who again was his brother that had some health issues and he remembered that Wenzel would never hit
1: him which I'm not against that but also like you have the empathy to not hit that child but it's there somewhere You think it's okay to hit your other children? Right. Like, I don't understand where that empathy comes from. I remember that day well. Jonathan was playing with the plastic washing basket, and Wenzel gave Bernie the sort-him-out look. Which, again, fuck you. Seriously. Sorry, I can't. I just can't. She replied, he's just playing. Wenzel stared at her, and she moved the basket from Jonathan, who promptly went back over to play with it. Wenzel slammed his plate down and stood up heading towards Jonathan. Bernie threw herself at him. I'd never seen her move so fast. Like a cat, she'd gone from feet curled underneath her on the sofa to on top of Winzel instantly. Like, this right here tells me that she had a fire in her. Yeah. And I know for a fact that it scared Winzel. Yeah. I know it did. Yeah. And I think that she, I think to her that Jonathan
0: was so fragile and I feel like she thought that the other kids could at least hold their own absolutely Jonathan couldn't and it's almost like she had to save her strength
1: to protect him because he was so fragile absolutely she said I'll kill you you bastard touch him I'll kill you he spun and she went flying Jonathan and I ran to the opposite corners of the room she clawed his face he hit her and grabbed her wrist forcing her downwards She was in obvious pain, but looked straight at him. You can do what you want to me, but you do not touch him. Her eyes were like steel. The only time I saw her stand up for herself, and I knew beyond a doubt if he touched Jonathan, she would kill him. And I have chills right now reading that. But honestly, like, this is what tells me that Wenzel knows. He knows that he has to beat her down because Mm -hmm. she will turn on him. And I think after this, he
0: turned up the intensity even more and that's hard to imagine but after this happened tracy remembers that wenzel didn't have a violent outburst for a bit
1: yeah i think she scared
0: him yeah (laughs) but it's interesting to note that tracy said that he wasn't violent for a while i'm putting this in quotes he said maybe even a week that's a while for them That he didn't have a catatonic outburst for a fucking week. Probably less than a week. Because he said maybe even a week. Which means that he does it daily. Yeah, he has to do it daily. If not multiple times a day. That speaks volumes. It does. But Wenzel's violence and harsh words were just a part of their everyday life. And Tracy and his family knew only of that. They didn't know anything else. And When Wenzel wasn't having outbursts or being violent, they almost felt like something was wrong. Tracy remembered that it, at least when he would hit them, in some sick way, it was like he wanted them for at least something. How sad is that? They're like, at
1: least he wants me for something. He wants me to take his anger out on. I mean, I get it. It's kind of that whole thing of, like, the beaten wife syndrome, too. You know, I'm getting attention. It may be negative attention, but it's still attention. It's something.
0: But Tracy said that if he wasn't doing those things, it was as if he didn't care at all.
1: It's that whole thing of negative attention is still attention. Right. Negative reinforcement.
0: Yeah. Again, to, you know, harken back to things we've said, Wenzel controlled every single thing that the family did. Tracy said that Wenzel even controlled his words. If they were out in public and someone spoke to Tracy, he would have to wait for Wenzel to give him permission to speak. And Wenzel was the only one with keys to all the doors in the house as well. So no one did anything without Wenzel's permission or him knowing. But Tracy realized that he had at least known love in some sense with his grandparents and that no one else in his house had. That's so true. he knew that he was fortunate in that sense and I really feel like it served him.
1: Oh, I think it did immensely. Yeah,
0: Because he at least had some semblance of that Absolutely. in his recollection. But Bernie had a brother named Clive who kept hearing talk of Wenzel cheating on his sister. Because he's a true piece of shit in every sense. So, he's all-encompassing. He does not discriminate. Well, and all
1: those women keep talking about how he's a ladies' right, man, right? Right, exactly. Like, gross. But he clearly didn't discriminate
0: of what fuckery he partook in. So, mm. Clive... It sounds like he was fiercely protective of his sister, especially
1: now that their parents had died. Okay. So, with that, Tracy said, I had a great antenna for danger, which breaks my heart to begin with. You shouldn't have that 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 as a child. Sorry. Um, He said, And as soon as the door went thud, I knew bad things had arrived. Winslow looked scared. I glanced at Mom upstairs, all of you. She said... And we legged it. Which, I, that's a, such a cool way of saying yeah. it. We legged it. Like, for yeah. us to be like, oh, we booked we ass up the stairs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, nah, bro, we legged it. Like, yeah. we like, were like, out. Hop on up. <laughs> Get your ass up the stairs. I myself in the head when I'm talking. <laughs> 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 um, he said, we legged it. Me last. I had to make it look like I was running. Caroline, my sister, took Jonathan's hand and was taking steps two at a time and almost dragging him. I'd reached the top when the door burst open and two men came in. Clive, my great uncle, Phil, who was a renowned wimp, which... <laughs> I
0: love it. So why was he there? I know. I mean,
1: maybe it's a different term in, for them, but for us, a wimp is like a really... Yeah, it could be. It could be like a very like, colloquialism. And I think Phil person. was his great uncle, I think. Okay. Because Clive was his regular uncle. And I right. think Phil was his great uncle, so... Okay. Perfect. That explained a lot. Yeah. Okay. He was the guy who'd always shout his mouth off or put a, put the boot in when someone was down, but never do the heavy work for himself. So yeah, he is a wimp. There yeah. you go. That's the Clive is the name. heavy. Yeah. And Phil's just there. Like, he's the, he's Listen the... to me. Clive's like, fuck you up. He's the, he's yeah. like, what do they call them? Like the pit bulls in the background? Yeah. Just like, get <laughs> no, me.
0: it's the chihuahua behind oh, the yeah. pit Yep. There you go. Yep. Yeah. yep there you go. <laughs> and I hope Wenzel shit himself. I hope he did too.
1: Yep. He was nothing but a shitster, as Alan used to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Like the jaw in If I can reach you, I'll fuck you up. <laughs> Hold me back. Hold me back. Yeah, a Sorry, guys. We are desperately in need
1: of some Yeah, we right needed now. a little bit of like. Lev, 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 lev. Levity. Thank you. Levity. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Struggle bus. Okay. <laughs> He moved Bernie into the kitchen by pushing her in the back and closed the door. Just a chat, stay there, he said, as Clive pushed Wenzel into the living room. I love this so much. Oh, I'm just I'm so much. I'm so amped right now. I don't now. condone violence, but I want him to get. His oh, I condone violence so in bad. this way when yeah, it's exactly. necessary. When you're a piece of shit like this. Hope you get your ass beat. Absolutely. I made myself small by bending down and looking through the cracks in the banister railings, which. I love that he did that, because that's awesome. Yeah. They were cracked white paint. The living room door was partially open. There was lots of shouting going on, and Clive was pacing. Wenzel had curled up in the corner between the sofa and the gas (laughs) fire, which you should be. Yeah, exactly. That's where you should be all the time. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was hiding. Bernie came out of the kitchen. Luckily, she didn't see me. She entered the living room, and the door was more closed but still left a gap. I heard the ironing board rattle and Wenzel scream. (laughs) Oh, getting to taste your own (laughs) medicine, aren't you? You Getting it. Clive was over six feet tall with enormous hands. He had to have boots specially made for him. He grabbed the ironing board from the floor again, and I saw him hold it above his head by the sides as Bernie was dragged away by Phil. Clive let fly with the ironing board, slamming it several times into the curled up Wenzel. He didn't fight back. Yeah, you bitch. Yeah, you shouldn't exactly. have to fight back because, because you, you deserve know, it. Yeah, because you know that you're a little piece of shit
0: and you can't actually hold your own with anyone that's your own size, physically and emotionally.
1: Absolutely. I am so Seriously. pumped right now. I have so much adrenaline going We're through gonna my system. going to past full T-Rex on this one. Full T-Rex. <laughs> Um, he just lay there and took it until he couldn't curl up anymore and had to straighten out face down, which is when Phil started putting the boot in. (laughs) Fucking, I hope that went straight up his ass. Like, I I really do. That's all I picture. Just see a boot right up his ass. Yep. Mm. (laughs) I watched the ironing board slam into his back, and then after a couple of minutes at the most, the noise stopped, and I went upstairs. Clive shouted something, and the front door slammed shut. Wenzel went to the hospital via ambulance through Phil and Clive, hadn't seen me on the stairs as they left Bernie, oh, as they left. Bernie had, she sent me back up with a look, (laughs) which we all know that look that mama gives you, mm -hmm. that look that you're like, ooh, Mm -hmm. I'm out. Yep. Wenzel was out of the hospital less than two days later on crutches. Apparently he had a broke, he had broken his back. At least that's what he tells everyone.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I wonder what story he told people. Oh, I would
1: love to hear this bullshit. Yes, he looked in a lot of pain. However, he was able to walk. He was able to walk. And with him, you just never know what's fact, which I totally get Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. In the space of two nights, Tracy's family had gone from what they thought was a normal, sturdy upbringing to living in a car and being homeless. So again, we're just rolling down this hill of trauma
0: in his life being uprooted so again his entire life mm-hmm. and now his whole family's lives are completely uprooted
1: and something interesting about this is uh, Tracy was kind enough to give me a, a picture mm-hmm. um, of his sister in her crib right and the ironing board that he's talking about in this, Is literally in the picture. And he wrote to me and was like, the ironing board that met Wenzel's back. And I was like, oh. I remember him saying that. I'm going to have to look at the picture again. Yeah, it's so cool. And he did give us permission to share it, so I will also share it. But perfect, just fun for you guys to kind of have a
0: visual now. Yeah, absolutely. We'll put the pictures in the Instagram and then also on our extended show notes on the Patreon as well. Absolutely. So when everything changed for them and they became homeless... Bernie had begged not to be in the car due to her agoraphobia because she did not want to be outdoors. But they all had to just pack into the car. Bernie was in the front seat and Jonathan, Jody, and Caroline were in the back. And Tracy remembers being wedged between his sisters and against the curved back window of the car. The family was homeless for weeks. They had hopped around from hotels to family and friends' homes. But they eventually ran out of money. And Tracy remembers his mom and sisters just completely zoning out frequently. It's like, it's bad enough that you're in a toxic house, let alone now crammed into a fucking car with
1: your toxic, disgusting father. It's terrible. I, I seriously, I can't tell you enough. I think Pat said this on Evil Pudding as Mm -hmm. well. Like, Tracy is a much better person than yeah. I could ever be. Because yeah. being in that situation, I can't tell you that I would be in that yeah, situation. Yeah, I would have been selfish and probably run away.
0: Yeah. But I know for him, he didn't want to leave his family. Yeah. And yeah, I totally understand it. I give him props. Yeah. But Tracy remembers his mom and his sister's sister zoning out frequently. I'll slice that. I didn't know I already said it. Whatever. But it seemed to be their coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Tracy said he can't even think about his sister's expression for too long because it's so upsetting to him. Oh,
1: that's heartbreaking.
0: And he said that Bernie was silent most of the time until she would kind of break out of the reverie that she was in and she would snap at Wenzel. Just out of nowhere. She'd be completely silent and just flip. Which I think that's like she was probably sitting here going through scenarios in her head. In silence and just reaching her fucking point. So I don't that whole
1: thing her. of, like, having a, a dream that your spouse is cheating on yeah. you and then you wake up and beat the shit out yeah, of him for it? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> it's kind of the same yep, thing. Yeah, exactly. But
0: Wenzel, of course, was furious with Bernie for no reason, and for the kids, for no reason, on and off. He'd just find any fucking reason to be mad at them. Well, of course. Yeah. It, it was just anything would set him off. The family had to start bathing in public swimming areas, and they would share small snacks at the park but they realized that they needed some kind of intervention they were starving essentially and they were too poor not to do something so Wenzel ended up driving them over to a social services center
1: Tracy says he swung the car around and we pulled into the social services base we sat in the waiting room "'What's happening?' Caroline asked me quietly as Jonathan played with the toys and Mom and Wenzel were in the other room talking with the social workers. "'I don't know. It's not good,' I replied, putting as much emphasis on not good as I possibly could. I had that stomach feeling again, the one I'd had with Nan and Alan. This wasn't just bad, this was very bad. Jonathan kept playing with a plastic bat and ball set in the corner of the room. We kept saying, "'No,' Because we didn't know if it was allowed, which that's just heartbreaking that you're literally in a room with toys for kids yeah, and, and you don't you... even know if
0: you can play. Cause you know, Winslow would be like, no, absolutely not. No joy is to be had
1: in absolutely. my presence. Ugh. How dare they? Disgusting. A social worker came out. Why don't you play outside? This may take a while, which she's just being nice. Yeah. Like go play outside, right? Yeah. Go be kids. Right. Jonathan sat down next to me and none of us moved. It's a nice day out, the lady said. We remained seated. <laughs> Dad, I called. It's okay, go out, he called. So, again, they have to ask for yeah, permission. exactly. Just, and I hope that sent off warning signs to the social worker. Have. We got up and the woman handed Jonathan the golf club set and his face lit up whilst Caroline lit up whilst Caroline and mines fell which is like so sad. This is not good. I paced around the garden area with a tree in it. I was on, I was in my own little world. Why here? What is this place? What do they do? I had no answers. Is mom going to go to the hospital again? Perhaps it's about the agoraphobia, even though she's been, even though she'd been recently. No, it can't be that. It's a bad boy's school because of wor- of the word search, perhaps. No, this isn't a school. You okay? Caroline asked me, touching my shoulder. No, this, I said pointing at the rooms, isn't good. We need to leave and go back to... How do you say that? Macclesfield, I think. Macclesfield. Find a house. That's how I pronounced it earlier, so hopefully it's. Perfect. I, I just want to make sure I said it right. Any house, even Rochdale... This not good. Jonathan trundled over to me, handing me a gold club. Bat? He asked, looking at it inquiringly. No, John, it's a golf club. Go play. I said, bat? He asked, holding it higher and pushing it towards me to play. No, John, it's a golf club. Hit the ball with it. A little harsher than I intended. He smiled and ran to find the ball. I talked to Caroline for around 20 minutes. Whatever we were saying kept being interrupted by John trying to get me to play ball. Bat? Play bat? He asked, trying to push it into my hand. No, John, I don't want to play, I said. Why? He looked sad but kept his bat by his side. He walked a complete circle and then stood in front of me. Play bat? (laughs) (laughs) I just see a little kid. I love it. He said cutely, "I don't want to fucking play bat. Fuck off and play." I snapped. <laughs> like, I get it though. The I stress know. of the situation. He's I don't so blame stressed, him. and, and yeah. Jonathan's so innocent and just yeah. wanting to play and doesn't get it. And well, I get Tracy's it. He's the oldest. It's Absolutely. clear that he
0: feels like he has to be the father that his father isn't. Yes, you know.
1: Um, Caroline gave me the same look Bernie gives Wenzel when he's being an asshole. I understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> what? I said pacing in the opposite direction. We must have made, we must have made up because we were all playing hit the ball with the bat when mom and <laughs> Wenzel and a female social worker came out of the building. We off? I asked wanting to be out of there as soon as possible. They could give me whatever bad news they had when we had left. I stood by Wenzel's car. The social worker spoke. You're going to stay in a nice house with another family whilst your mom and dad find somewhere for you to live. Then you can come back, she said. She had yellow hair. I'd never seen yellow hair before. Mom spoke with authority. She spoke. Oh, sorry. Me. She spoke. I saw mom below. My bad. <laughs> I was like, where did you even see that? <laughs> <laughs> she spoke with authority. This is happening. It's not a question. I ignore her and looked at Winzel and Mom. He had he was cold, unfeeling, just waiting for it to be over. Bernie had been crying. She had tears in her eyes, but was still holding them back. Come back, I asked. Anyone who was listening but ripped Applying to the social worker, yes, when they find somewhere to live, the social worker said, it was sunny, but I couldn't feel it. Like, he's stressing this whole time. Yeah. And then... He can't even enjoy the sunshine that, you know, they don't get very
0: often. mm -mm. Just, oh my God. But it's like, what is... You have to wonder what he's more worried about. I really think it's he's more concerned with being separated from his mom and her only being with Wenzel. Tracy says, quote, "It didn't take long for me to notice some serious differences. I'd grown up in a series of, a series of council houses and several properties when we were homeless but in care, end quote." Tracy remembers falling into routine in this new foster home a little bit later on after they had gotten there. He remembered he would get up, and he'd get dressed right away, and in the morning, he would make his way down to breakfast. They had a breakfast bar, so it was actually like a bar area that was about half a kitchen's length, and it had stools lined up at the counter, and there were various cereals that they could choose from. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The kids there could choose to have either a bowl of cereal and one piece of toast, or they could have two pieces of toast instead. But they were also able to have as much fruit as they wanted. I love that. That's awesome. So it's like they didn't have a limit on, you know, fruit at least. After breakfast, Tracy would be able to wash up. He'd change and then he'd sit in the living room until it was time for him to go to school. Then after school, he would go upstairs to do his homework. And then they would have dinner with dessert every night. So,
1: you know. It seems like a very calm, normal household. Steady paced household.
0: Yeah. Proper dinner etiquette was always required though. They weren't allowed to have elbows on the table and they had to use a knife and fork in the appropriate hands. And there were no sandwiches allowed, which I found funny. So bread was only allowed to be a side and they couldn't make a sandwich out of their food. So. No sandwiches.
1: I would die. I think it's just because they
0: were messy. (laughs) I think it was like no finger foods. And they could like cut up pieces of bread. It sounded like they had to use the knife and the fork to eat the bread too.
1: Oh my gosh, I would die. I eat sandwiches like all the time.
0: (laughs) After dinner, their homework would be checked and they would fix it as needed. Wow. And as long as Tracy didn't have anything else to complete and everything was done sufficiently, he remembered that he was able to have free time and shower. And they also had a bedtime of 7 p.m. Was so early,
1: but that's yeah. the time I go to bed now. Like it's past <laughs> my bedtime, right? right. Now.
0: <laughs> but it was structure, you know. And he really remembers how different this was than the chaos that they are all used to, right? I bet you that was so comforting. I don't know though. Some I feel like somehow it was more off-putting because it was so yeah. different from anything they were used to. I think the structure for a long time would have definitely been good, but I think it was just so. Strange. That's fair for them. Yeah, but it's really interesting to think about the differences that the structure brought them. A big, big thing is they were not allowed to swear at all. (laughs) Tracy actually said swearing was such a natural thing in their house that it was common vocabulary for him. I love this so much. He said, "Quote: I knew a fucker from a bastard a mile away. If he could be a fucker, he was usually an okay guy. But if he was a bastard, he was plain evil." End quote.
1: (laughs) Oh, I, feel I feel like, like that's that cool. you and spoke me. to me so much
0: i was <laughs> <laughs> like i get this even before he elaborated i was like Again, i feel you i, I feel you it. i feel this in my soul yes <laughs> we, we are on board tracy. <laughs> and a funny thing is tracy remembered how clean the, the staircase was in the home and he remembers going up to his new room for the first time and there were pictures of all the other children that had been in Brenda, who was their foster mom, had been in her care while they were going up to his room. She remembers that she told him that they always come back, which I'm like, I don't know if that's, you know, speaks more to her. Cause it seemed like, for all intents purposes, she was a great
1: foster mom. There wasn't anything negative that I. It sounds right like when her. she says they come back like they it's come back to visit, like they come back to visit is when it makes it me so like Yeah, Think see way. I
0: thought it was more like their circumstances always bringing them back. It very It well could, be. could be. be, it could either. be either one, honestly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Tracy remembers that when he got into his new room there's a Robbie Fowler poster who played for Liverpool football. Or soccer as we Americans would call it. Yeah. <laughs> it was on the door of his new room. And Tracy's like, ah, shit. Because he doesn't know anything <laughs> about football. He said he remembered how hopeless he was when it came to football. He said the football kids were always troublemakers in his neck of the woods. Fair. So he never hung out with them. And
1: it made him nervous of how things were going to go with his new roommates. <laughs> I don't blame him. Right. So, Tracy says, a ginger-haired lad a few years older than me appeared out of nowhere. I'd never seen hair so bright, which... (laughs) The
0: yellow hair and the and the the ginger hair,
1: it just, like... It surprises me, honestly.
0: But that just shows, like, how in his bubble he was. True. And now that I'm thinking of it, he didn't mention school at at all. all in his previous life.
1: That's fair. Yeah. His face full of freckles... Who do you support? I guess he was being friendly, but at the time I felt like intrusion, which I don't blame him. This right. kid just shows up out of nowhere and is like, "What right. team do you support?" Yeah, like, exactly. It's like, like doesn't it say anything else. Whoa, hang on, you're in my room, bro. Um, how dare he presume I support anyone, or, or that I even want to talk? I feel this. I feel it in my soul, especially for him after all the
0: shit that he's
1: gone through. My gosh. Mm, Liverpool, I replied, not having a clue about football. <laughs> who is your best player, he asked. I pointed to the poster. Him.
0: <laughs> I love it. I'm not like, laughing
1: at him, I'm laughing because yep. I'm feeling it. He's like, it's just perfect. <laughs> he just has his answer
0: right there. He's like, him, He's like, that guy, don't whatever. I the fuck had he had is, but him. <laughs> if it'll make you stop
1: talking to me. Leave hey, me <laughs> alone. <laughs> I said, and walked into the room I had been told was mine. He walked in behind me and I expected trouble. Wasn't this my room? The room had two bunk beds and Little Jim, who was twice my width. <laughs> I just love how he explains that. Little Jim. Little Jim, <laughs> twice my width. Um, had at least a foot taller, jumped up onto the bunk on the right and leaned in on his elbow, watching me. Our room, my room. He said, lifting his oversized head up (laughs) slightly to get a better view of the new kid. (laughs) I just, the imagery, man, it's killing me. I just picture, like, a bobblehead with just lanky legs. (laughs) Yours, he said, pointing to the other bunk bed. Great, just great. I thought, staring at the small, shiny glass on the wood of the wardrobe with no idea what I should be doing or where to look. I wondered where Wenzel and Mom were. It sucks that he's in a better situation, but he's so uncomfortable with mm-hmm. the situation that he's focused on Winzel and his mom. Yeah, absolutely. It's heartbreaking.
0: Not long after this, Tracy was finally able to visit with his birth family, as he called it, because as we know, Alan and Pat were more of his family. I mean, I know he saw his siblings definitely in a positive light, but it's just such a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. Tracy remembers that it felt like forever for him, Um, but Winslow and Bernie came to visit, but Bernie was completely silent for the visit as far as Tracy remembers. Brenda, Tracy, and his sibling's foster mom had given them tea and biscuits, and she told the kids to let their parents know what a great time they'd been having. And it didn't seem like she was like trying to manipulate them or anything. No, I think she was just trying to help was... them reassure their parents. Yeah, just
1: trying to give them a conversation yeah. piece, you know, yeah. and settle them of knowing that their kids are being taken. Exactly.
0: Because it's a different situation. It's not like these kids were surrendered to be left forever. It's like Correct. they were in this foster home with the assumption that they were gonna be reunited with their family. Yep. Um but Caroline jumped in right away and but Tracy stayed silent. And when Wenzel and Bernie noticed his lack of response, Brenda had urged Tracy to tell his parents what he had been doing. Tracy said that his mother didn't move the entire time they were visiting and didn't have any interaction with anyone. He knew that she was off in her own world, like we had said. It was how she coped. But he felt like it wasn't good. Whatever she was thinking of and whatever she was seeing inside was not good. But he understood that she had to get away. I'm sure that this situation was traumatizing for her. Oh, extremely. Yeah. And she had to deal with the harsh reality in some way, and it was as if she was protecting her own mind and sanity as best as she could. Don't
1: How blame old-switchy?
0: her. Yeah. But in his gut, Tracy knew that something was off with his mom. He actually ended up having nightmares about it, and he remembered waking up to Brenda holding his arms because he'd been fighting in his sleep. <sighs>
1: Tracy said, it was visiting day again, and we were going out with mom and Wenzel. Yes. I'll bet they found a home. After Wenzel and Brenda exchanged pleasantries, we were bundled into the car. We went to the car park just down the road by the river, by the river weaver. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's say that 10 times fast (laughs) by the river weaver. None of us hugged. We never did. I wanted to. We just weren't like other families. It wasn't done. Mom stood watching the ducks whilst Wendell sat... Wendell? I keep saying Wendell. That's okay. It's fine. his name. Fuck his name. <laughs> well, Wendell sat on the wall nearby. I threw a stone into the water. Caroline sat on a swing by a very small child or children's area. Wenzel wanted to know what we'd been doing. We didn't say He said they didn't have a place yet, but would soon. That was the last time I'd ever see my mother alive.
0: A few days later, the social worker, Trish Farrow, who had originally paired the children with their foster mother, Brenda, came to see them. Tracy remembers sitting on the blue couch in Brenda's home next to his sister, Caroline. He remembers that the look on Trish's face was concerning to him. But she didn't appear upset. She was just very stone
1: faced. I feel like Tracy's an empath. He I seems agree. to read people's mm-hmm. emotions before they even yeah. get them out. I think he's had to though. So much of the time with
0: his father, that yeah. was literally how they, how they, expected. That's not the word that I'm looking for, but how they anticipated yeah. the things that his father was gonna do, and I think he got very good at it. Yeah, which I would agree is though. A
1: catch twenty two. Exactly. It's like
0: knowing what's coming, or yeah, yeah. But he remembers that she greeted them and she asked if they were okay and she tried to feign happiness with her tone. So tried to seem bright and peppy, you know, but Tracy immediately clocked that something was very, very, very wrong. And he noticed that Brenda was watching them for their reactions, and this was something that Tracy really hated. I don't blame her. I don't like being watched for yeah, mine, so. exactly. So he remembers that he tried to ignore her at that point and just kind of shut it off. He remembers that Trish tried to be positive, and she really spoke to them like they were fragile children, more or less, and these weren't fragile kids. You no, know? they're not. They needed to just be told up front. But she told them that she needed to say something that wasn't easy, but
1: Tracy ended up cutting her off and said, what? Which, I don't blame him. He's like, get it out. Yeah, it? fucking spit it out. She sighed. Your mom was found dead this morning. Caroline had taken an instant stony expression. I could feel it. How? I asked. Trish looked at Brenda, who gave a short nod. She was killed, she stated. Clive? I said staring deep into Trisha's eyes I was certain it had to be Clive No no not Clive she replied It must have looked quizzical because I didn't have any sense it I didn't make any sense to me Who I asked Your dad he handed himself into the police earlier on today I don't remember the rest Some said I went upstairs and was in the be- bathroom an hour all I remember is being on a push bike my granddad made me and flying around the Winsford estate over and over repeating father killed mother over and over again in my head. I knew I had to remember it. I had to drill it in so I couldn't move or else I'd forget it and I couldn't forget it. I'm the oldest. I take care of mom when Winsel's not around. Mom's dead. Nan and Alan are dead. Who am I? Father killed mother. Father killed mother, over and over. Each turn of the pedals, each half turn, each movement. Father killed mother, father killed mother. Tracy remembers
0: not wanting to talk at all. Though he was inundated with therapists and friends and plenty of people that were there to lend an ear. But he doesn't really remember saying anything for about six months after this. He remembers that he had no one to care about at this point and felt that he had nothing to say.
1: I mean, I don't blame him. Right. I mean, his entire world just got yanked out from underneath him. Yeah, Again, well, little he had left. Yeah, because now all he really has is his siblings and right. even that's not that much. Right, exactly. Tracy said, I lay on the bottom bunk and punch the thick wooden slat above me slowly. Pressure, no pain. Father killed mother. I told myself and I punched it again this time feeling pain. Father killed mother, punch, 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 pain. yes, pain was good. Alan flashed in my mind, punch, punch, punch with each punch, the days fell away, and Mom was alive. They were all laying lying oh, they were all lying oh to keep there us we go here. okay they were all lying to keep us here. Punch, punch. I'm in the living room at Alan's house. I'm hitting the sofa cushion. he's holding it up for me. Turn your hips, lad, he said. Punch, punch. Again, lad, it's good. Again. I hear him clearly and see him more vividly vividly as my knuckles turn red and sore. I'm snapped back to reality as the skin splits. I'm in pain on my back at Brenda's house on the bottom bunk. Little Jim has walked in and looks down at me. (laughs) Ugh. I scream, unloading lefts and rights into the wood for around five seconds his eyes are on mine before he legged down the stairs again i love that saying saying. (laughs) like yes i'd worn myself out by the time brenda came up you're on the top bunk from now on i was told i ignored her that night and a few nights later yes i believe this is where it where begins the start the true story the true start of my story Wenzel
0: Daly stabbed his wife Bernadette Daly at wizard caravan site Nether Alderley, Alderley Edge, Cheshire. Bernadette was found dead early in the morning of September 3rd, 1993. This was four days before Tracy's 10th
1: birthday. 10. 10, y'all. He's been between the ages of one and nine with all Mm -hmm. of this shit that has literally happened. Yeah. And within days of turning 10. Right. And it's so hard to think that him taking
0: care of his mother, taking care of his siblings, standing in as the man that his father would never be at nine years old.
1: And it's so crazy because listening to this as we're doing it, I keep thinking of like a 16, 17, 18 year old yeah. because of it almost. How he yeah, himself. he had to carry himself as right. a much older child. And right. that just breaks my heart.
0: Wenzel had turned himself into police saying that he'd thought he'd hurt his wife fucking piece of shit exactly sorry (laughs) he recalls fighting with bernadette because she wanted to get their children and return to macclesfield but wenzel didn't want them to because he feared that phil would kill him for cheating on bernadette wenzel remembers stabbing her but claims to not remember anything else bernie was found on her stomach in her pajamas with two knife wounds to her chest the knife used was a serrated edge steak knife and it had a three-inch blade The knife was found stuck in the floor next to her and was broken after what appeared to be a failed attempt at a third stab. The autopsy showed that she had no substances in her system, not even medications. And this is something to note because she was prescribed antidepressants and, as we know, was heavily dependent on alcohol, but nothing was in her system.
1: I almost wonder if she was trying to clean herself up. Or if he was keeping shit from her. Oh, or that. Yeah.
0: It was also very clear that she did not try to put up a fight. I think she wanted out of it in some way. But Wenzel kept insisting that he remembered nothing else of the incident. The wizard caravan where they were living, so this was their new home that they had found, it was what we in the United States would call either a mobile home park or a trailer park. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's on a site that's known as Elderly Edge Caves, and there are true caves over there. I actually looked it up, and it's got so much greenery, and it's actually a pretty quaint-looking area from when I looked it up. Um, but Tracy noted that they offered the perfect spot to hide a body, these caves. Tracy believes that Wenzel tried to kill Bernie before, and he intended on hiding her body after succeeding this time but he bumped into a dog walker when he went outside. So it put a wrench in that plan. Mm. There are also claims, though it is important to note that these are unsubstantiated, that Wenzel had called his brother that night after killing Bernie for advice on what to do. I guess his brother had been former military, so I don't know if Wenzel just assumed that he would know what to do.
1: He's stupid?
0: There is another claim, again, unsubstantiated, but... One that Bernie had reached out to a friend in Macclesfield the night of her death and had asked to come home. And this claim said that there apparently was already a place ready for her and the kids. But this unfortunately would never be proven since Bernie was not there to say if this was true. At this point, decisions had to be made on behalf of the children regardless of what had happened. Tracy and Caroline, who were the two oldest of the siblings, were placed together in a foster home. And then Jody and Jonathan were placed for adoption.
1: Tracy's father, which I don't even feel like I should be allowed to say that. I feel like it should just be one sperm donor. That's all he was. Yeah. It's literally like the best explanation. Truthfully, was sentenced to four years for manslaughter due to diminished responsibility. The stress of being homeless coupled with his wife's condition and his anger-related issues had apparently played a key part in his decision to kill her. I'm sorry, those are just fucking excuses in my opinion. Yeah, you're letting him off easy, saying, like, oh well, you had reasons to. Right. No, no, you never have reasons. You don't have excuses and the right to take someone's life. Absolutely not. The fact that he chose not to remember anything was also a factor. He served less than six Months. Six fucking months. In an actual prison. And he was transferred to Walton Prison Hospital because he apparently tried to harm himself for setting his sail. He set his sail. S- sail. He set a sail on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, For setting his s- cell on fire and scratching at his wrist. Are I'm sorry. Are you kidding me? No. That's such the. What a puss. That's all <laughs> I can say. Cheapest fucking way out. Um, it's here that he met a lady that we call Jay. She was small, petite, with red hair, and had just come out of an abusive relationship, which means she's extremely vulnerable. Exactly. And in a position to be able to help Wenzel at this point. She was everything a psychopath would be looking for. Inside three months, he was dating her, and out on day release with her. They'd gone to her place to make out. Hold on. Can we bump up a little bit? He also had release from prison. That means day. that he was allowed to
0: leave the prison during the day after he had killed someone.
1: He didn't actually serve shit for no. A time. No.
0: Continue. Sorry. Very
1: good. Inside six months, he'd met her children, and it was arranged that when he came out, he'd move in with her. Inside of a year, he abused her son. Inside of two, he abused her daughter. And he was never convicted. Of course not. Why? Why would he? Right. Why? Because if they would have actually,
0: like, I don't know if they reported it and he just didn't get convicted, but I would have been like, hmm, let's
1: connect some dots, friends. And you just murdered a woman. Tiger can't change his stripes, if we want to be cliched, but... Jaguar can't change his spots. Mm-hmm. It's said that most people who grew up in care don't go on to do really well. They end up in prison, in a mental home, or somewhere in between. Tracy has had a a remarkable history, and he's been fighting the statistics for a long time. FYI, statistics is like the hardest word for me to say, and I did just say it correctly before that. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. You should have just left it at the first one.
1: I did. I said it good.
0: Crushed it. Crushed it. So, His entire story can be read in Tracy's story, like we had mentioned in the beginning. We will link everything in the show notes. Um, The book is meant to show the great impact that domestic violence can have on those that have suffered at the hands of abusers. But it's also meant to show what's possible when you come from something such as this. And Tracy really embodies the good that can come from that if people, I feel like if they are taught, because I don't think you can learn that yourself, but if you're taught to harness these things into something positive, as positive as you can, yeah, it's like, this is lessening it so much, but it's kind of the making lemons out of lemonade thing, or making lemonade out of lemons, wow, I even said it backwards, <laughs> making
1: lemonade <laughs> out of lemons. Yeah, and actually, it's you kind of led into something really cool with that, because um, I've had the opportunity to really talk to Tracy mm-hmm. over uh, Instagram, that's like, His best way to talk, and I love it. Um, And one of the really cool things that he shared with with me that I haven't heard on any of the other podcasts, he shared this amazing picture. I'm going to show it to you real quick. Yes, I saw that in your guys' chat. It's incredible. It's incredible. That's one of those
0: ones that you have to look at because there are so many metaphors within it and so yes. many different meanings within
1: it. And the cool part about this is is that this is a painting and mm-hmm. we get to I get the opportunity to share this with you guys on Instagram so definitely check it out. But it's a painting that was done by Nigel Motram. I hope I said that mm-hmm. correctly. Um he is an art therapist who helped Tracy really work through all of this, you know, post traumatic stress and all right. of this abuse and just narcissistic behavior of Mm -hmm. his dad and what happened with his mom and um Tracy did say I had the right I could tell what his name was and he I guess you can find him online there's a link I mean if we want to add that in the show notes we certainly can can. um it's a YouTube um and he just he really appreciate you can tell he just appreciated that and that's Mm -hmm. really a big chunk of what pulled him through this yeah absolutely And he's just a good person. I just, I can't Mm -hmm. express it enough. Like, he's so sweet and so kind. And Yes. And that's the thing is, like, I would expect
0: someone who has been through that to just be closed off, to be callous, and understandably so. I don't know how I would ever go on to be a functioning member of
1: society. Or a flip of the coin of being a very abusive person in society you know because so
0: many people end up doing that because it's how they were raised yeah it's
1: all they know but but he's the opposite he's a dad he's a husband he's such a nice person like I commend him so much
0: like we can't say enough how (laughs) I don't even know (laughs) I can't even form it into words but just how in awe we are of him and where he's gotten, and who he's become, and to be able to share this story anyway, and it's, and it's not like it's, it's not like it's, like, disengaged or unfeeling, it's just very much, like, to the point, but there's obviously feeling back there, there's so much recollection of these feelings, of these memories, the good, the bad, everything else, and clearly there is feeling in there, it's not just
1: disassociated it's healthy yeah and you get that in his books like you his books are even more of a deep dive than what we brought to you today Mm -hmm. and today was hard for us like yes (laughs) the books are even harder guys and I'm gonna tell you that to be honest with you but they are totally worth the read yes I I can't recommend it enough like Mm -hmm. just if you can go read them support him with that um yeah but it's like we said, it's it's books talking about traumas that are not talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, they're almost like kind of blasphemy in our society now. Yeah,
0: I feel like especially in American society,
1: it's yes. like a taboo. People
0: don't talk about their feelings, and it's so unhealthy. Which so is so unhealthy. different
1: from you know over there, yeah. over the pond. Like it's, yeah. I hope much that's different the norm over there. I feel like it is. Yeah. I feel like even watching like actors and stuff coming mm-hmm. from there, they're very open and. Yep you know, eloquent in what they do and say, and over here, it's a, it's a no-no.
0: Yeah, it's a toughen up, keep your chin up, get over it. That's kind of how it is out here. It's changing, like, people are speaking out against things like that, but I think it's so important to share your experiences, and I know that Tracy sharing this story is going to change lives. It's going to change people's lives, and people that are going through these things and don't know how they're going to get through it, don't know how they're going to overcome. It's, absolutely gonna make a difference it is and I
1: really hope that us telling the story gets it out there even more absolutely because he needs to be heard yes absolutely
0: so thank you again Tracy for entrusting us with telling your story we hope that we did you proud how we can I don't know if that's even the right
1: sentiment with something like this but (laughs) sorry it took us so long we just we had like three different avenues we were trying to go down with this and yeah we wanted it to be good and we just we rethought it multiple times and I think it was also kind of hard for us to
0: compartmentalize this we kind of mentioned before you know we're fortunate enough to not have to have dealt with trauma on this level you know everyone has their version of traumas but we have never had to even come close to anything like this and it was very hard because we wanted to make sure that we are coming at this from a point of empathy and also a point of understanding which is kind of saying the same thing but it's it's hard to put yourself in that mindset. Um, but yes, thank you. Thank you so, so much. much. Tracy, we appreciate you and we send you all of our love and Absolutely. our admiration. Oh, I, I am yeah, truly in awe of you. We can't express it enough. We yeah. really can't. I feel like we've just said the same things over and over and over again, but it's because we cannot appropriately articulate our feelings. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes, that is right. So excuse us for our fumbling. We are very anxious and we are very uncomfy right now, but we are so honored. And I'm happy we finally got to tell it. Yes. So, so thank you. Um, everyone, please go. go give your love to Tracy. We are going to link all of the things for him in our show notes. Absolutely. Um so yeah, go follow him, go read his books, go listen to his podcast. follow his page. He's got two different Instagrams, so follow yeah. those. Um and yeah, just give him all your love, let him know your
1: thoughts, you know, talk to him. He's, he's super sweet, guys. He is, like he's amazing. If yeah, you want to go chat with him, I'm sure he'd chat on but... Instagram too. Yeah. Yeah, but I think
0: this is going to do a lot of good.
1: I hope so. That's the plan. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, this has been a long episode. I feel like we, I don't even want to do our normal thing. I feel like we just need to let this be what it is. Yeah. And do our normal outro. So all of our things live in our show notes. We have our link tree in our show notes. Um, Just find us on social media or email us if you have any follow-up questions. If you want to ask Tracy any questions and are having trouble contacting, let us know. We're happy to ask anything as well. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, we'll leave it at that. So keep it creepy and stay freaky, guys. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.